0: Welcome and welcome again to a special rendition of WTF Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Briales, and i uh, with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, brother?
1: I'm good, man. How you doing?
0: Man, I'm doing good, man. I'm in the car, man. I'm hustling and bustling, man, for this, uh, this Juneteenth, Father's Day event. So uh, everything is going good, though, man. It's coming together. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I'm also uh, pleased to announce we have a special guest. Mr. Uh, King Callick Kelly uh-huh. Scott, man, how's it going, brother?
2: It is going absolutely wonderful, man. What a wonderful gift we got um, last night with this um, um, Juneteenth being observed as a federal holiday. And I work Where's for the there? federal government, so I'm a free off day, brother. I'm loving it. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Man, one that matters. You know what I'm saying? It matters to right. us. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's,
2: right. man, that's the most important part. That's right, so yeah, brother. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for it, man. So uh, tell us
0: a little bit more about yourself, man, what you do, and uh, you know, how many kids you got in their, uh,
2: their ages. Okay. Well, I only have one child. She's 18. She'll be 19, and I'm August. So I got a little Lady Leo, so you know I got my work cut out for me. Um, man, I have a 11... a Leo Lion, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have 11 God kids. So, and I had all of them before I had Anaya. So they gave me plenty of practice, man. Plus I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I have worked with DCFS um, and now the federal government for going on 28 years now. So I'm telling you, man, before I had my own birth child I was everybody else's dad. And it's um, basically, it's the number one role in life for me, man being being a dad and a father figure to many and I mentor as well. That was cool. That's cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's my it's my calling.
1: That was great. So you say you you've been um, a social worker for uh, twenty eight years?
2: Yes sir, this August.
1: Okay. Congratulations. Uh, Thank okay. you. Oh, Thank awesome. you. <laughs> what uh, what <laughs> has oh what were you saying? So that was it. Okay. What has social work uh, taught you about like, being a dad, if anything?
2: Wow. Well, again, man, I've, I've been with DCFS for the whole ride, the whole and different um, areas of um, work, from foster care to mental health, mm-hmm. substance abuse. And um, I, I imagine, man, working with um, children and families well, children specifically who have been abused and neglected by the people who were supposed to love them the most, who was supposed to cherish them the most and be there for them the most. So I, my very first client, and here was, I was a 23-year-old new social worker coming into the field, man. And my first client was a 12-year-old African-American male on the west side of Chicago who was molested by his stepdad, mm. and and gentlemen, did that case impact me? Yes, it did. Because before then, I didn't know black, I didn't know boys got molested. Mm. I didn't know black boys got molested, and um, I that that case really I, I cut my teeth on that case. And the young man ended up he they put him in a um, residential center because. We could not contain him in foster care because he was acting out so badly. And they put him in a residential facility and he ended up running away and we never found out what happened to him. We suspect that he ran away out of state to be with family, but to my knowledge, no one ever found out. But imagine starting your new job and that's your first case on the desk. And I made a commitment 28 years ago that I was going to be there for the kids. The hell with y'all grown-ups. Y'all can make your own decisions, but kids are innocent. So you can imagine all those years, and then I have my own child in 2002, and I understood, um, Dr. Young and um, Sir Royce, that man would never know a day of pain and misery and heartache and and helplessness like the children who I serve, you know? As well as I came from a single parent home. I never had my dad in our house with me for one day. No interaction or anything. And I knew, and I said this as a teenage um, boy at CBS High School, that if I ever had a wife and child, if i ever had a child, my child would never know one day of being fatherless like I did. So, those situations help make me the dad that I am today. Oh, that's, that's man, awesome.
0: That's, uh, man, yeah. uh, Yeah. straight off the fire pan into the fire, man. That's, that's what sure. JJ's thing man. So, you got right yes. into it, man. Absolutely. Now, uh, I can only imagine, man, being at that, in that position and, uh, that being your very first one. Wow. Yes. Man. Yes. Uh, yes. so, talk to me about the dad that you are. So, uh you know, you recently joined our group, man, and you've been you've been so active. I, mean, I asked you to be a moderator, like immediately, like my this is the guy,
2: man. Right, uh, right. I appreciate
0: I appreciate you being active, and um, and you, you show a lot of pictures of your daughter, and uh, you tell her stories. So tell me uh, a little bit more about your daughter, man. Uh, your connection with her, and uh, how that how that has grown over the years.
2: Okay. Well, uh, uh, um, gentlemen, let me tell you, my daughter was born August 21st, 2002, 12.36 a.m. in the morning at Little Company of Mary. And I don't know what life was prior to that. My life before she came out the womb is oblivious now because my life hit the restart button once I had her. And I remember that the, the nurse, I mean, with well, the doctor and the nurse, when she was born, they handed her to me first. They usually give it to the mother. But the doctor was like, Dad, you know what you, that do. Let me get this baby to you. And I, when I held my kid, I was like, wow, this is my legacy. This is what I'm living for. This is the only thing that matters. And again, look at what I went through being fatherless myself and working with children who are abused and neglected. And I, I just underst- and I remember at my daughter's um, um, baby shower, uh, which was three weeks prior to her being born, gentlemen, I had about 300 guests, men and women, at a baby shower. And I, you know, that's unheard of. Men coming to a baby shower, but you know, my birthday is in July, so I was kind of like on the invitations. This is gonna be a birthday party slash a uh, uh, baby shower, so men can come too. And the brothers showed up, and I did a commitment ceremony saying to my friends and family, You all are part of the village of Anaya. So please take this responsibility and take it seriously. Because I learned a long time ago when you have a village concept, especially when raising kids, how can your children lose out yeah. when they know they got uncles and aunties from here? To California, who are willing to be there for. Um, fast forward, I got divorced when my daughter was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna raise a girl child by myself? You know, and damn, I I'm a stereotype now. I'm I'm in the statistic. You know, my baby is now a statistic coming from a broken Black family. So that did something to me, guys, especially, again, being a social worker. When I got divorced, I put me and my daughter immediately into counseling because I wanted us to address our pain, hurt, and despair immediately. Because when you address your problems quickly and firmly and consistently, you have better outcomes. And of course, I'm a clinician, I know that. And let me tell you, um, it worked out. I remember taking my daughter when she was 10 to go and get her hair done. And I stood there and watched a beautician who happened to be a friend of mine from high school, I watched her do my daughter's hair. And then right after that, we went to Target and I went and bought some flat irons because I was not going to pay $75 every two weeks. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't going to sit up in a beauty shop for four hours on a Saturday. I wasn't doing it, um, um, Dr. Young and Sir Royce. I wasn't going to do that every month. So I learned how to flat iron my daughter's hair. I remember when my daughter came on her womanhood at 12, and I got that call at work from the school, and I was like, oh, my God, how am I handle this? How am I deal this? I'm a man. I don't know nothing about womanhood stuff. But then I took, I grabbed my baby, came home, she took a bath, and then we went to Target. And when I, and thank God for my village of women, because one of my friends at Kalia do this, FaceTime me. Thank you, God, for iPhones. And I FaceTime, and she said, okay, turn the camera around so I can see the aisles. So she said, okay, Kalia, grab that, grab that, grab that. So, thank God, because I didn't know what to do, but I was committed to my daughter. And I knew I didn't have no woman living in this house, you know? And also, let me throw this caveat out. I decided when I got divorced that I was, and this is only for Khalid because of who I am, I was not going to enter in another committed relationship with a woman romantically until my daughter got grown. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'll explain my reasoning for that. I saw that when I was dating, that because I'm so close to my daughter, a lot of women would get jealous, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, again, re- remember, women are not always used to seeing us Black men be heavily involved with our kids, oh, yeah, and oh, especially yeah. a daughter, and we you know our default is go with your mama go with your mama well me i'm a single dad and me and my ex-wife we was like kind of touch and go at that moment and i live in the suburbs my mom and my aunts and my cousins they all all out in the city so i said i have to learn how to do this and i was not going to bring any negativity to my child plus i needed my daughter to know She was my primary focus. Now, folks questioned me, looked at me sideways. How you gonna be a full grown man and not be in a relationship with a woman? What's wrong with you? Are you gay? What's up? I said, you missed the point. The point is, I'm gonna date. So like, when I got divorced, I had 50% custody of Anaya, meaning I would have her for two weeks and then my ex-wife would have her for two weeks. The two weeks I had her, it was all about me and my kid. The two weeks she was at home, I was out in the streets going on dates. I just knew I wasn't gonna bring a woman over my daughter. And Dr. Young and um, Sir Royce, let me also tell you what I did. I told my ex-wife, you're not gonna bring a man to be over my daughter. So, of course, my ex-wife looked at me yeah, like I was, I was crazy. Who the hell? I'm <laughs> divorced from you. Who the hell you think you are? I said, try it. And she did. She found a dude off the internet, okay? Mm-hmm. And he and she called us up, bringing him around, and eventually, and he got inappropriate with his language. So, I was able to get an order, a court order, um, a protection order, so he could never be around my daughter. Mm -hmm. So I told my ex-wife, did you think I was playing with you? Remember, Dr. Young and and, and Sir Royce, I'm in DCFS. Gentlemen, imagine taking a nine-year-old daughter, and this wasn't my daughter, this was one of my clients. Imagine taking a nine-year-old daughter, I mean, a nine-year-old girl to a hospital to have a rape kit done. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine doing that, Dr. Young? Uh, I can, but I don't
1: want to. (laughs)
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't. But I did. Mm. And it was the hardest, hardest, and most heartbreaking thing I ever had to do as a social worker. And I said, Never, never will I make, in my power, will I make my daughter uh, out to be somebody's victim. She's going to be protected by her big strong daddy. Now, do I judge people who are loose with their kids? I absolutely do. Because why? I make my money trying to help abuse kids. I used to tell friends all the time, y'all need to be mindful letting your kids go over to sleepovers. Oh, Khalid, you know what? You just crazy, man. I said, let me tell you what happens at sleepovers. Tell you what happens. So, Dr. Raheem, uh, Dr. Young, do you have a daughter?
1: Yes, I have
2: Right. So say you like, okay, well, my daughter's best friend at school wants to have a sleepover. Let me call. I'll have my wife call the mom. And the mom is like, oh, yeah, it's going to be me, you know, and and 10 girls. And that's it. But you may not know that mother. You may not know it. She's your daughter's friend's mom. And that might be all the relationship y'all have and y'all talk at the PTA from time to time. Mm-hmm. But that mother has a 19-year-old nephew that happens to come over. And why wouldn't she let him come over? It just happens to be that night they're having a sleepover. So her nephew, who she is not thinking is going to be her or whatever, he sees your daughter. And remember, it's a sleepover. So your daughter's in pajamas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? and then the worst thing that could happen. And once your child loses their innocence, ain't nothing you can do, daddy, to get it back. Now, I've heard these stories over and over and over again. So when my daughter was growing up, she could not do sleepovers. Now again, people would judge you because they think you'd be in that helicopter parent. I'm okay with that because I know what it is to deal with abused kids who grow up to be abused, um, 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 who are um, victims, who grow up to be messed up for the rest of their lives. I wasn't having it for my kid. I wasn't having it. As her dad, I'm supposed to be her protector. I'm supposed to be the first hero as a man that she knows. And I took that role very um, seriously, gentlemen. I take it very, and to today, I take it very serious. I have a, my daughter is in Massachusetts. I have, I have a good friend, Dr. Um, Giselle. She's an hour away from my daughter's college. I connected her and my daughter so that if anything happens and and at Am, at, Am, at Amherst College, my friend is one hour away that she can go and grab my daughter for me. I don't place, whatever my, and this is what I mean about having the village wrapped around your kids yeah. to make sure that they are protected. So fast forward, or let me go back a year ago. My daughter graduated from high school. I work with kids every day, all day. I see the 17, 16, 15-year-old girls who look up to Cardi B. I wasn't having it with Anaya Kathleen Scott. I wasn't having (laughs) it. I'm raising the next Michelle... Obama. That's who I need Kathleen, I mean, Anaya Kathleen Scott to be, not the next Cardi B. And I don't care who gets offended by that. If I, if your daughter dancing in the um, in nightclub, you did something wrong, daddy. <laughs> I promise you, you did. I promise you, you did. My daughter graduated from Kenwood during the pandemic, ranked number three had a 5.1 grade point average, and got a full ride to Amherst College, which is the number two liberal arts college in America, and her major is neuroscience, okay? That wasn't no accident, gentlemen. Look at this wall back here. This is my room of accomplishment.
1: Yeah, I, I was gonna ask you about uh <laughs> about <it.
2: laughs> Absolutely, sir. The thing, this is my this is my my, my huxtable room. That's what the nickname is. Okay. <laughs> Based on the Cosby show, the, the, the Huxtables. And all these certificates and degrees and certifications and licensures and the awards around the room. There's no way I could tell my daughter to be excellent if she doesn't see it in me first.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. We forget that as parents. You can't tell your kids to be excellent while they see you, you know, being satisfactory. How are they gonna know about excellence if they don't see it in you? My daughter has my work ethic. During the pandemic, when a lot of kids were slacking off, when the pandemic started, my daughter was number eight. When she graduated, what was that? Four months later, three months later, she was number three. Because she's kept, even though she was not in school in front of a laptop, she worked even harder and went up and got a full ride to college. So again, my way of doing things, my way of parenting may not fit for every man. I got it. Most men are real comfortable about, you know what? Well, the mama, she got our kids. Let me go and be with Tamika and start a new family or whatever. That ain't me. Again on 8/21/2002 at 12:36 a.m. God blessed me with the greatest gift and I let him know every day I appreciate it. That's my story and that's what I'm sticking to.
1: <laughs> so let me ask you this so like uh you you talked about like being protective over your daughter. What did you tell her about like dating? Or- she's 18 about to be 19 how do you approach that situation
2: okay y'all ready gentlemen y'all ready yeah (laughs) (laughs) um because you know what god is a god is the greatest comedian on in this universe because guys i'm the good guy in the room every male friend i got is the dog of chicago If I name five of my friends, I bet you y'all know them. Y'all be like, Kalia, you hang around that dude. (laughs) But see, that was God working on purpose. Because he was like, Kalia, let me show you what kind of dudes are out here in the world and that you better prepare that pretty little daughter of yours for. The thing I talked to Anaya about relationships and dating is this. Anaya, you have to have balance. You have to have balance when having a relationship. You have to have balance when dating. And you have to have standards that you do not lineate from. Because the minute you do, you'll set yourself up. So when my daughter was about 11, 12 years old, I said, go over to grandmama's house, and granny going to teach you how to cook. And so my daughter's like, cook? Daddy, to get your ass over there to grandma's house and learn how to cook, because her mama didn't want to teach her, because her mama, my ex-wife is that woman, you know, she's that contemporary, you know, sister, God bless her, God bless her, but go over granny house, because you're going to learn how to cook, so fast forward, when my daughter came home um, after her first semester of college, I went and bought new pots and pans, skillets, forks, knives, plates, and an air fryer. So I said, Anaya, now that you are a grown woman, because I'm telling you, when your kid turns 18, get ready, Dr. Young. They have to let you know that they're 18 and grown, right? And they're going to tell you every day, like, you wasn't there when they was born, right? So I said, okay, with your grown self, get in that kitchen, and you're going to be the one in charge of cooking. So then my daughter was like, because my daughter is smart. She wants to be a doctor. Daddy! What? Why do I have to do the cooking? Because I'm a girl? Yes. Yes. Did you? Were you looking for another answer, Anaya? <laughs> well, daddy. I said, Anaya, let me explain. And I'm going to explain this to you one time. Sweetie, men could care less if you got all this on your wall. Let a man come home and he ain't got nothing to eat. You think he gives a damn about all these degrees and certifications and licenses on the wall? He don't. And in fact, he'll go out in the street and find Tamika who is willing to cook for him. So go take your yellow yellow butt in that kitchen with that air fryer and make daddy some chicken and some spaghetti. (laughs) Now, a week later, my daughter was big, big smile on her face because she was like, Daddy, I know how to cook good, don't I? Yes, you do. See, baby, you got all the academic stuff already. God has already planted those seeds in you. I need you to know how to keep a house together because again, it's about balance. You are boss at work, be the lady at home because Anaya, what daddy doesn't want for you that I see with many of my female friends are accomplished women who, have, who live in empty houses. Mm. But they got all these degrees on the wall, though. You can't hug this degree at night. It won't hug you back. Mm. But you can hug your husband and you can hug your kids. So with that, I think she understood. And I, and let me share a quick story. I remember one day my daughter was vacuuming. And she was, and, and Royce, this is what she came to me with. My like, dad, daddy, I can hardly wait till I'm a doctor, so then I can pay somebody to vacuum and clean my house. I said, I, 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 come here, come here. Now I was here at the desk. So I said, Naya, grab a chair. So she came and sat right here with me. So I typed in Arnold Schwarzenegger on Google. I said, Naya, you know who that She said, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, daddy, he looks familiar. I said, Well, he's an action hero and he used to be the governor of um, California. She said, okay. So I said, um, um, what Davis, was his uh, wife's name? What <laughs> was his wife? um, uh, Maria Shriver. Uh, Maria Shriver, Kennedy. Uh, Schwarzenegger. I said, Anaya, look at her. Is she pretty? Yeah, she's up. Uh, she's attractive. I said, right, and she's American royalty. She's a Kennedy, right? Rich, pretty, smart, all that. I said, type, I said, Anaya, now you come in type for daddy because my hands hurt. I said, type Mildred the maid. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, Dr. Yeah. Young and Royce Ryan. I know where I'm going. I said, Anaya, look at Mildred the maid. She was like, okay. I said, is she pretty? She was like, no, daddy. I said, Arnold Schwarzenegger who was the governor of California married to Maria Shriver Kennedy Schwarzenegger, who was rich and beautiful and smart and best friends with Oprah Winfrey, he cheated on her with Mildred the maid. <laughs>
0: get
2: down. I was going to do a... Sweet, sweetie, don't ever invite some other woman come in your house and do what you supposed to do. I said, now get out of here and keep vacuuming.
0: That was a uh, Bill Cosby moment, man. That Yes,
2: it was, ones. sir. The Huxtable Room. Uh, hospital, like, the
0: Huxtable, yeah.
2: Room. The Absolutely <laughs> it was. Absolutely. That's
0: where it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those be the best parts about being a dad, like having those moments. Uh, the come two moments.
2: You've got to understand
0: this. Before we go anywhere else, you have to understand this fact. Like, yeah. That's good. Cool. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Now, uh, what would you say, uh, your, your ex, or your child's uh, mother, uh, what ways was she like your mom or different?
2: Mm. That is an excellent question, Sir Royce. Um, I tell anybody willing to listen that we get into relationship and we marry our parents. Yeah. Men marry a representative of your mom, good or bad. And women get into relationships and marry men who are representatives of their dad. So, I was because like, my mom is brown skinned, and my mother still has a Jerry curl from 1982. <laughs> Don't talk about it, but she ain't gonna, I'll be like, mom, please get rid of that Jerry curl. Hell no, get to, away from me. The soul glow. Oh, so, right. Now, my ex-wife, um, you have to look at her twice because she's very fair skinned with long, straight hair. So, of course, physically, they don't look nothing alike. My mother is 5'9", my um, ex-wife is 5'4". But I was like, what is it that connected me with her? Especially because I'm the first one to say, you marry your parent. Her strong will. Her strong will. My ex-wife, when she was determined to do something, Jesus couldn't stop her. And that's how my mom was. And my ex-wife was intelligent. My ex-wife has two master's degrees from um, University of Chicago in teaching and um, social work. And she started her own elementary school and had other businesses. And she was just and my mom is a daycare, um, was a daycare school um, teacher and then became a director. So yes, it was similarities on how they were, of how my wife was that attracted me to it. Because again, your parents are your role models. So even though my mom and my and my ex-wife don't look nothing alike, they had this strong spirit about them. And I find that just beautiful about a woman when she's strong, okay? So, and again, it's funny you bring that up. Um, let me tell you this quick story. Anaya, um, you know, last year before um, the pandemic really got into place, Anaya was like, well, daddy, I might go to prom with my girlfriends. And I'm like, absolutely not. What the hell wrong with you? I want a dark-skinned guy in a a tuxedo pull up in a limousine and take you to prom. Could you go to prom with no girls? So she was like, whatever, daddy. So anyway, one of my friends was like, well, Khalid, I know this guy, and and, and, and and maybe he can take Anaya on prom and da-da-da. So me and the dad met, and we was like, okay, well, let's get our two kids together, your son and my daughter. Let's meet up at Giordano's, have a meeting to see if something comes off. Well, the, the son, the guy, you know, the, the, the tentative prom date, he was extra introverted. Extra introverted. Now, you I'm assuming you could tell from our 30 minutes together that I'm not really an introvert. I'm very extroverted. I'm very gregarious. Now, watch this, gentlemen. So my daughter was interacting with the young man, and he was, and he was very introverted, right? So then, the dad asked my daughter. He said, "Well, Naya." tell me about your friends. Cause remember, we're trying to get to know the kids and have them know each other. So Anaya said that she said, well, my girlfriends, we are all from broken homes. All of our parents are divorced. So I think that attracted us to hang together. Look at that. Second of all, my male friends, they are all like my dad. And so I look like, huh? Wait a minute, what, what, what's that? I said, Anaya, what do you mean all your male friends are like me? Well, daddy, they're the life of the party. They're gregarious. Did you see that, gentlemen? You see that? The men, the, the, the young boys who Anaya hung with at Kenwood were the, the popular guys, the gregarious guys. Where do you think she got that from? You know what I'm saying? If I'm yeah. her number one male role model, she likes hanging with men who have extroverted personalities. So that was more confirmation that how you role model to your children is what they will adapt to.
1: Did she end up going with the guy?
2: You know, they canceled prom because of oh, the pandemic, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and she was just like, Daddy, he's nice and all, but mm, no, he's not my cup of tea. <laughs> So now I know that another, now he may not be brown skin and bald head like me, but I know that my future son-in-law is going to have one of those spirited personalities. Why? Because daddy got one. You know what I'm saying? And you pay attention to these things with your children, you know? So again, you cannot ask your kids to be excellent if they don't see excellence from you.
1: So, how's your daughter? Is uh, she um, more of an introvert, or is she extrovert yeah. like you?
2: She's an introvert. overall. Question,
0: my bad, uh, okay. I wanted to answer to that question because I'm glad you brought that up, Doctor Uh Is your does your daughter have some of those strong will characteristics that your mom and your uh, yeah? Okay, go ahead. My bad.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, she does. Absolutely, like she did her last semester here at home. And, I'm t- and so then she, she her internship started in Massachusetts two weeks ago, and like a week before she left, I was like, Anaya, get out of here, because you just, you are so reminiscent of your mama and your granny. I, I need you to go, go, go and do your thing, because you know, whoo! It was like, man, she is like her mama and her grandma. You know, and I, I knew I needed a break from it. You know what I'm saying? Love it to death, you know. But also I could like she has my work ethic. She has my work ethic. So again, when during the pandemic, when she could have been playing, you know, you know, blowing off school and blowing off assignments, she was sitting at, um, she was sitting at the desk every day doing her work. You know, she's doing her internship right now, you know, working 40 hours a week, you know, for these next six weeks, getting paid, and she wants to do it. So she has my work ethic. She, now, and let me, let me share this with you. When we first took her to campus last August for our freshman year on her 18th birthday, they wouldn't let us go in a room and help her decorate because of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So they had us drop, I had to drop my baby off at a parking lot, you know, on, by the dorm. So I get to the airport and I'm crying, gentlemen, because I'm I'm like, I've never gotten on a plane without my daughter by my side. So if you haven't experienced it yet, wait till you have to drop your kid off. It it does something to you. So I'm at the airport and I'm like, man, how do I go back to Chicago without my kid with me? And so she sent me a video. And that two hours um, time frame, she had decorated her whole room, hung all her clothes up, put all the stuff away, set up her computer, set up her microwave and refrigerator. And gentlemen, when I saw that video and I heard the excitement in her voice, I said, Khalid, stop crying and stop worrying because 18 years of all that you won't poured into her, she just showed you it's there. See, When you know you did good by your children, when you know you've done good as a human being, you'll start seeing the benefits come out. And when you can see the benefits, then you're at ease. You know what I'm saying? Again, guys, my daughter all the way in Massachusetts. Do I think my daughter is having orgies? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because she understood what daddy poured into her. And let me share this one last thing. She said, Anaya tells me all the time, Daddy, you have bipolar. And I looked at her. I said, yeah, go with that. And so she started laughing. Now, she didn't get why I said go with it. I said, Anaya, I always want you to know that I'm crazy. (laughs) I always want you to know that you have an insane daddy. Because what happens is when you know you have an insane parent who is one phone call away, you know what's going to get cracking if something ain't in order. I said, don't ever let me have to come up to Massachusetts and get you because I will. <laughs> Guys, three years ago, my one of my close friends, his son killed him in his dorm room. Let me say that to you again. My One of my close friends, he went to go, him and his wife went to go and pick their son up in college. They got to, a, got to his dorm room and he had lost his mind because of drugs and acting out in school. And, he, and my friend was a cop and it was on the news. And he went, ran to his dad's car because he knew his dad kept the gun in his car, came back up to his dorm room and shot both my friend and his wife dead. Shot him dead in the dorm room, you know. And folks asked me, Khalid, what happened? What happened with James' son? What happened? What happened? I said that boy got to college and forgot. He let all this, he let all this social media and stuff get to his head. Guys, before my daughter left for college, I had her do some counseling sessions. Because I needed her to be level-headed when she go away to college. But she used to be in with mama and daddy and grandma. So, see, this is the things you do up front. You put the work up front to make sure you benefit, you get the dividends later. So, my daughter is well-balanced and well-adjusted. And, guys, that's because of me. Daddy. Daddy. Not relying on my ex-wife. Not relying on... The, the new man in her life, me, I matter. Me being a dad matters. And that's why I take it serious.
0: Man. I'm sorry I got
2: passionate.
0: Oh, you good, bro. Uh, that's needed. Yes. <laughs> that that yes. passion right there is the shotgun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to necessarily come to the door with the shotgun.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and now, see, my daughter got two uncles. Raheem and Royce, you know what I'm saying? She got two uncles, you know what I'm saying? Because I need y'all, Case I'm not around to help take care of my babies. And I need to take care of your babies if y'all not around. When we go back to that concept, then we're better left. Guys, look at all the killing and shooting and craziness happening in the city. Those are kids committing these crimes. Why? Because mom and daddy put them on a shelf. Promise you follow a kid criminal at home, and you'll find out why they're sitting up here doing what they do. Yeah. Follow them home. Follow them home.
1: All right, Claire this has been like a uh, this has been an awesome <laughs> interview, man. And uh, we're getting close. Hall of Fame, time,
2: man.
0: Hall of Fame. Go down <laughs> to Hall of Fame.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is a, a Hall of Fame uh, interview for us. Man. Wow. Yeah.
2: Thank oh, you, man. gentlemen. Awesome. Thank
0: you.
1: Thank so, you if if you could give um, advice to like a, a young dad that's starting out what would it be
2: okay let's do this um young sir young dad first and foremost I need you to have a love affair and the love affair I need you to have is with yourself because young man if you love you, and I mean truly to the core love you, then you'll love everything about you and around you and for you. And most importantly, you'll love your children and you'll love your woman and you'll love your family and you'll love your community. But see, it all starts with you. Guys, if I didn't do the work on me, then Anaya wouldn't have benefited. So it starts with you first, daddy starts with you first. It starts with your self-esteem, your imagery of who you are. After that, if that's right and tight, everything will fall in place. Everything will fall in place. So I'm telling you, I ain't as good looking as, as Royce right here. You know what I'm saying? He can walk down the street and get Halle Berry. But and when I look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, I see, I see more stress I literally see Morris Chestnut when I look in the mirror. I ain't, <laughs> I, 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 I ain't got the brilliance and the, and the smooth smile and, and, and grace as Dr. Raheem, but you know what? In my head, I can do it. I can do it. So see, the more positive self-talk you got up here, the more it goes out. Go on my Facebook page. It's nothing about positivity. I don't believe in negativity. When you bring about positivity, Positivity meets you and hugs you every day. When you're about negativity, it beats you up every day. So you got a decision to make. And again, your kids should always know they are your number one priority because that's your legacy. That's your legacy. Think about it, Dr. Um, Young. When your three kids have kids and they have kids, that started off with your seed. Same for you, Royce. When your yeah. children have children and have children, that started off with your seed. That's pretty powerful when you think about it. That's pretty powerful.
0: Man, this uh, this podcast interview's been powerful, man. Uh, itself. You. So yeah, man. Thank, thanks, man. Thanks for everything you share, man. I guarantee Absolutely. somebody listening is gonna get some, uh, some value from this, including Holly so. Berry, including Holly Berry. Shout out to Holly Berry. Hope you're listening. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan.
2: You know, but, uh, Absolutely.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, if you have to tell people where to uh, to connect with
2: you at, where would you send them? Sure. Um, if you're looking for, well, I have my own private practice as well. And I work with primarily married couples because I'm trying to build families to be better. So you can find me on um, www.psychologytoday.com I'm on all social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And my number, uh, my contact number is three one two four three Scott four three Scott. That's how you get a hold of me.
0: you, man. Yeah,
2: so for sure, man.
0: Need some help? Definitely reach out, King Ali, man. You got, you got some stuff for you, man.
2: Absolutely. Limes, uh, here for myself, Sir Royce Realis for Dr. Raheem Young
0: and for our special guest, King Kelly Scott and thanks again for this uh, thanks for listening and stay tuned for further announcements got
2: you thank you guys.
0: yes, yes Sir Royce here and I want to thank you again for listening to WTF interviews leave a review as it helps more people like yourself receive the message also, consider donating to Welcome to Fatherhood. It's a nonprofit that myself and Dr. Rahim Young created to help dads showcase their superpowers to the masses. You can do that by going to WTFatherhood.org. Again, gratitude and be well. You already are.